0: You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. You're listening to episode 182 of the Merged Marketing Podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about growing your influence and elevating your personal brand. My guest on today's show is Dylan Vanis. Dylan is a two-time eight-figure founder and business speaker that works with some of the world's largest personalities and brands. He has shared the stage with business icons such as Gary Vaynerchuk, Patrick David, Ed Milet, and many other household names. With hundreds and thousands of followers across social media and a writer for major business publication Entrepreneur.com, he has been able to build relationships with some of the world's most influential people, all while impacting millions of people worldwide. We dive deep into personal branding on this episode and we talk about Dylan's journey to amassing 137,000 followers on Instagram and one hundred and sixteen plus thousand followers on TikTok. We talk about how he started out and how he got to where he was, to where he went and where he is now. And you're going to get some tips on how to grow your following as well and the type of content that's necessary to help elevate your brand. Without further ado, let's kick it to my chat with Dylan Vannis. Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Good to be here. We're going to talk about strategies to generating millions in revenue, but more importantly, it all comes back to your personal brand and building that personal brand. And there's no better guest than Dylan to talk about this topic, who's amassed 137,000 followers on Instagram, 116,000 followers on TikTok. Let's start at that point there. What can you attribute to the growth on those platforms?
1: Look, we're in the personal branding, like that's what I do in my agency. And one of the things is there's two aspects of building your brand online. One is the authority, like the social proof aspect. And the other one is like the actual driving in leads and buyers for your products. You know, what we, what I used to do, we don't, I don't really do much of it anymore, but we used to run these giveaway campaigns where it's like, hey, go follow these 25 accounts. You'll be entered to win a MacBook. And then that's how I initially built the following. And the truth be told, that's how 99% of people in like the business sector do you really think there's like millions of people that will want to go follow Grant Cardone on Instagram or like Gary B or whoever it is? the majority of people use these methods at some time in the past. And so that's like how I established the first like 30 to 40,000 followers of like social proof. And then from there, it's just about creating high quality content that people actually want to hit that follow button and engage and see what you're actually creating. If you have 237 followers, and even if your content is amazing, like first thing people do is go to the page, like, is this guy real? Is this guy not real? And then they're going to decide whether they follow you or not based on that. So unfortunately, in today's day and age, you do need a baseline level of social proof.
0: Is there a numerical or is there a number you would put on that social proof? Is it 10,000? Is it 20,000? Is it 100,000? What is that number?
1: Baseline level of social proof for most platforms is 10,000 followers. For YouTube, it's 1,000 subscribers because it's harder to get. There is like additional tier once you hit 100, once you hit a million. But the thing is most people, at least in like the business sector, there's no way you're gonna get a million people to follow you. So if you have over a million, it's like People look at us. At least I do, and I'm like, okay, that's not authentic. So, in order to keep it authentic and keep it real, like, just get over ten thousand. Do whatever you got to do to get there, and then from there you can
0: build organically because that's that organic growth really is the most important thing. So, when we talk about the giveaway campaign, if we can just touch on that for a second, when you're starting out, you're growing your account to ten thousand followers. And this is just, hey, follow me for an opportunity to win a MacBook Pro. And this was it. And you basically probably leveraged other influencers to get the word out about this giveaway, right? Yeah. And that's it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it,
1: it sounds crazy simple, but basically the way it works is we actually, I used to facilitate some of these campaigns where we'd go work with an influencer and we'd basically have them give away like a MacBook or like a bunch of makeup if it's like a female influencer or whatever it is. And it'd be, hey, go follow this account, and we tag one of the accounts we own, and then all the accounts that accounts following. In most cases, it'd be anywhere from like 20 to 50, and you'll be entered to win. And that was how we facilitated the campaigns. There's still people who do them, and so if you can, it's not that hard to find. You can just Google it. They're called megas, and basically just Google it, and you can see people willing to do that. We don't do it. We only focus on like high quality stuff that's going to drive like real organic growth now. But again, there is like something to be said about that, that initial 10k.
0: I like one thing that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Dylan, you talked about the difference between doing the lead generation and the personal growth, because I I think a lot of business owners out there and entrepreneurs intertwine the two and they think it's one of the same, but it's not.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like the thing is you go into LeadCon and speaking on stage or I'm actually hosting a TED event later, this TEDx event later this year, and I'm getting a whole bunch of awesome people to come speak at it. Like these are actions that build like real followers, right? And podcast to and creating content with content you're going to funnel people into your ecosystem who could have been eventually buy your stuff and that's the cool thing but simply just like being online like what's the purpose every action i do i think first okay what's the actual what's the actual result i'm trying to create with this action and then we can reverse engineer the steps that we're going to take in order to actually execute and make it happen so in the name of organic lead generation i live in vegas so i look at it like slot machines if you're playing a slot machine. You put a quarter in, it costs you a quarter, you pull the thing and you hope to get rich. With social media, you post one piece of content. By the way, social media platforms, they have literally reverse engineered dopamine and understood how to actually make you addicted to platforms. So it's just like playing a slot machine. But the thing is, if you increase your quantity of content, your likelihood of winning that slot machine is going to significantly increase. So in today's age right now, it's about quantity. And that's how you can actually build a real audience. It's just post a crap load
0: of stuff. Yeah, it's touching on a social dilemma there for a second, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Funny. We, we actually previously had a psychologist on our podcast to, to break down that movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, check out The Social Dilemma, talking about dopamine hits and social media. It's awesome. I, I find that when it comes to creating content for platforms, specifically Instagram and TikTok, are you putting the same content on both of those platforms? Or are you making some customizations to it, posting natively? How does that process work for you?
1: So there's the formula of like, what is the formula for virality? And it's pretty, it's pretty simple. The thing is though, like what I'm doing and what I know I should be doing isn't always aligned. I'm busy. You're busy. I've got a team that makes my content. Doesn't mean I can be doing the best thing. So I'll tell you what I do. And then I'll tell you the idea. What I do right now is I document everything I do. I'm recording this right now. You're recording this. Look, we're going to take this content. It's going to get posted. The thing is like, everyone's doing that. now. Like talking head, Alex Ramozzi kind of rode the wave, got, got a little bit of attention from it. But if you do what everyone else does, you get what they got, which isn't very much. And so if you want a lot more, you got to expand outside the horizon. And what I want to do, and I'm like trying to carve out time to make this happen. And what I know is working right now is out is content that's outside. Literally just anywhere that's not sitting in what could be, a, this could be my mom's basement. I told you it's an office. It could be my mom's basement for all. So it's so go outside. There's one guy right now. He's, gosh, I forget his name, but he's in the health space. He's just picking up a little bit. He literally, he's like an older guy, like nothing too special about him. He's not like a clinical psychologist or like a dietitian or a doctor. He's just some dude. He goes to a grocery store. He holds up a piece of bread in the grocery store and says, here's the three things wrong with white bread. And then he goes over to the fruit and says, here's the pesticides. He's filming in a grocery store. Then he'll go and do other stuff outside. His content's picking up because he's just doing something a little different. So I think if you want to grow, it's your question ultimately was like, is there a different strategy for each platform? And there is. But my advice is always don't try to like keep up with the algorithms because algorithms change every other week. So might as well just post high quality content and do it consistently over time, which in this case
0: is outside or different type of settings. It's funny. I, when New Year's hit, on New Year's, I said I was going to post a piece of content every single day for 100 days straight. Now, the goal was to obviously push out content, keep myself accountable to pushing up content. But the in the bigger picture, it was really to understand the types of content that was working best with my audience. And then over the span of 100 days, doing all sorts of short tail content, long tail content, doing quotes, doing tips, doing news stories, all this type of stuff, just trying different things. And uh, the content that hit was different on Facebook or on, on Instagram and TikTok. Very different. It well, it's very to uh, get past 200 views on a TikTok but when it does happen, it totally understand why it happened, and when I created similar content, it did hit, and that's the thing and it was happened to be news content, newsworthy content like chat GPT opens to the internet, that type of content worked really well, topical content on those platforms, what didn't work well is motivational stuff, which probably with my content it probably was not produced on the same level that you are doing. I think it's a very saturated market for somebody like me trying to talk about motivational content so I think that's just worth noting is doing testing and understanding what works and what doesn't. Do you put much emphasis on testing or are you just putting out as much content as possible?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have a pretty robust strategy and research stuff. But what you said is really important, which is all these platforms have different stuff and different stuff that works. And I heard this could just be a rumor. I don't know. But I heard that TikTok's owned by China. I heard that they push out motivational, educational content in China. But in the US, they push out dumb like brain numbing content so what is brain numbing news fake news heck if you want to make fake news i'm sure that it in fact back when tiktok first came out this is actually a different i had in mind it was just it was like my first tiktok account i was posting literal fake news i it was like it was just stuff that was queen of england passed away today and i'd be like just kidding and stuff like that popped off and but yeah so on the research of content i use a platform called rival iq it's a little expensive for most people. I think like their base plan starts at hundred a month or something. But what I do is I t- their most premium plan has 40 different, you can basically put in 40 competitors. So what I do, I put in Grant, I put in Gary, I put in the Hermosis, I put in Pineda, I put in all the guys that are kind of leaders in like this industry. And you can literally see down to the, like all their metrics, how many times a day they're posting on each platform, which video each week did them went the most viral. So what we do is my team goes through there every week, every Monday, and they look at the videos from the last seven days that popped off, and then we just recreate them. And obviously we're not word for word, but what we're doing is we're modeling what's working and then we're adding our own spin on it. So let's say, for example, Ryan Pineda says, here's my top three favorite watch brands. And he goes, Rolex, this, whatever. I'll be like, here's my top three car- favorite car brands, right? Playing mm-hmm. laying off the same idea with my own different kind of like narrative.
0: Good artist copy. Great artist Steele, in the words of Ty Lopez.
1: Ty's going through some legal stuff right now. I don't know if I want to model his stuff exactly, but he did create this whole marketing like space, and a lot of credit.
0: Give credit where credit's due. He is a marketing genius. Yeah, it's. But the point is that you don't need to go out there and reinvent the wheel with content. There's content out there that's working. All you need to do is put a simple tweak to it and make it your own. Yeah. Who's doing your social media? Is anybody doing your social media? why aren't we doing your social media since 2016 my agency has been managing communities creating content and managing our clients social media platforms to keep them top of mind with their customers along with their prospects social media is probably somewhere on your priority list as a busy business owner but it's never going to be near the top for us at merged media we ensure your social media is at the top of our list making sure you're staying top of mind with those clients and prospects if you want a creative and professional agency working on your social media then go on over to merged.ca and book a call today that's m-e-r-g-e-d.ca in terms of the quality of content content on your channels is very high quality do you put a lot of emphasis on that on that on the high quality content or can you just you whip out your phone and do some content once in a while as well What's what's your best practices around that
1: so for me it's what's the system that that i can do and create content consistently For me right now, it's just, hey, let me just, look, I have a studio, I have like nice camera gear, all that stuff. So it's like, I can just put up a camera, record myself, pass it to my team, chop it up, whatever. The thing is like, for most people, that might not be the method that works. So again, like in, I know it's working, but in order to contents, like my organic sales is probably like two to 3% of my entire business from social media. And so for that reason, it's I only allocate a small amount of my time and budget to making it happen. So I again, I know like the best practices what I should be doing. The thing is, if I have to choose quality or quantity, I'm going to choose quantity right now, all day long. Like, again, the slot machine analogy, how can we get as many pulls of the slot machine as possible? And hopefully the algorithm says, okay, this video is good. Let me push it. Yeah, I think that's the way I look at it. But I want to make better content, like talking head style, sitting like blah, 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 blah. Like I'm over it. Like the world's over it. Like it's time for a change and someone's going to shake up. The entire digital space once they figure out, like, what's the next thing? That's, what's the next content
0: that people are going to gravitate to? 100%. And let's talk a bit, and that's a good segue into personal branding again, because we're just talking about creating content on platforms like Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever it is but what other elements or other opportunities or avenues are you using for building that personal brand so for me as podcast is a great one right having this podcast and somebody listens to the podcast and then 3 months down the road they're now following my blog and now they're on my email newsletter and then maybe 6 months down the road they're becoming a client and they know me before I get a before I even get a chance to know them what are some avenues that you're using outside of digital to build that personal brand
1: the elements of a personal
0: brand is
1: what you really need is you need people there's a no trust thing. I look at it a little bit different, which is you need people that have rapport with you. They need to need have agreement with you. And then they need to be able to have a way to engage with you. So for me, it's like, how do we create relatability and content? I, adding story, like I, I post about my dogs, I post about my house, I post about my family. I'm from Canada. Look, we had we had rapport from that. So try to find ways to create the that rapport. Then the second thing is, what do we agree on? We agree that hockey school, you know, other stuff. So basically trying to find We agree that marketing. We have similar viewpoints on marketing. Once we figure out what these elements are, it's then we got to look at what's the whole landscape of building a personal brand. So there's we talked really only about social media so far, right? TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Within social media, there's short form and long form content. Long form content's the most valuable in the sense of I've got in Vegas. There's there's some like YouTube YouTubers that are in the industry that like the business industry that I'm friends with. These guys can make. Twenty have a CPM, so basically, you know how much a thousand views is worth. Of twenty-five, even in some cases, forty-five dollars. But then, if you look at someone who's in the industry of, let's say, like a, a gamer, gamers are lucky to get like a two or three-dollar CPM. Meaning, the value of the long-form content in the business and finance sector is a lot more valuable than any other, pretty much any other industry out there. So that said, it's like long-form content on YouTube is super valuable, but most people can't get there and create it. But those are elements of social. Then there's the elements of podcasting, right? Podcasting is a phenomenal thing. You're doing it. Look, we're connecting because of a podcast, and that's the thing. And so, having a podcast, having a vehicle to be able to create more content, foster relationships, that's an important aspect. And then the third aspect is, by the way, it's a triangle of what we're creating. So the base is social media. For a podcast guest to want to have you on their podcast, you need to be, you need to have some something to talk about. And so for us, like we can talk about social media in this case, but if you're a psychologist, you could be posting content about that, but you need to have that baseline. Then you go up the next level and you're creating podcast content and stuff like this. The third level is getting on stages, getting in front of audiences and tapping into real audiences. Look, if there's an event with, let's say the, the biggest event i spoke at had 3,000 people at it, 3,000 people paid money to be in that room. Maybe, you know, a hundred of them got comp to ticket or something, but 2,900 people paid to be in this room. Like these are people who are committed to personal development, wanting to learn more about like bettering themselves. And those are like the most premium audience that you can get. So once you establish those bottom two, you can do the top one. Now, the result of all this, you can get more sales, you can build your following. But the most important aspect of it is one that I don't think a lot of people think about. The most important aspect of building a personal brand is that you get to connect with other people who have personal brands. And it's like, it's like there's this this elusive kind of network of people who have personal brands and for some reason they get like strategic deal alloc- allocations if there's like an investment they'll get either first dibs or they'll get like free free access to it it's like all these things happen when you're connecting with these other personal brands and so i think that's the elevation of building the brand but really the pinnacle the goal is like
0: getting in front of real audiences that want to learn from you yeah a lot of business owners and solopreneurs that, that I talk to, it's the challenge is getting them to even just put that camera in front of their face in the first place. And being comfortable with that. But it's good to get that perspective, dealing with that light at the end of the tunnel, which is eventually you're the subject matter expert, the known, like, and trusted source. It's going to be speaking in front of potentially thousands of people. That's where you want to get them to. But a lot of it starts at just getting that phone in front of their face. And I'm sure you've talked and spoken to people as well. They're like, oh, I'm not comfortable creating content that's not really me. What do you say to those people? If I look at my,
1: my social media insights right now, let's say,
0: for example, I'll go to Instagram and I'll just go ahead and
1: tap on it right now. Over the last 30 days, I've had 479,000 people see my stuff and 470,000 of them are following me or, sorry, are not following me. What that means is only 9,000 people who saw my stuff in the last 30 days follow me. I have 140,000 some odd followers on Instagram. That's what, like six, seven percent? So, what's happening is people that follow me, people don't care. Like, people are so focused on their own life, they literally don't give a crap about you. My biggest roadblock getting started was like, oh my God, what's that girl from high school that I had a crush on eight years ago going to think about this content I'm posting? And then I was like creating this secondary account, like putting like a stage name on Dylan. I was gonna like n- name myself like Dylan Marketing or some, I don't know, some stupid stuff. And, and then I'm like, this exact fear of mine is the exact reason I should lean into it. Because what happens is I'll just constantly be running away from this little fear of what people are going to think. And so if someone's thinking that, it's an opportunity to lean in Get out, grow outside your comfort zone. And really the fact of the matter is no one's gonna care anyways. So it doesn't really matter, but it's an opportunity
0: for that individual to grow. That's awesome. And then that's a great way to put it. And it's so true that you're reaching a lot more people that don't know you than actually know you in a lot of cases with the algorithms nowadays. And that's the big opportunity for sure. If there's one thing I swear by, it's this. To be as effective as you possibly can be, you gotta focus on one thing, just the one thing. This is why I merged my social media agency with an SEO company so we could become more versatile in the digital marketing space. If you're in the business and you're dealing with multiple contacts for all of your digital assets and taking up a whole ton of your time, that doesn't need to happen. Contact Merged Media and we'll set up a call and see if there's a fit We're going over to merged.ca m-e-r-g-e-d.ca now don't i gotta hit you with this one because you had a great piece of content on your instagram feed that i saw that spoke to this specific topic and i'm sure our audience would love to get your feedback on those three simple strategies to generating millions in revenue
1: yeah. Yeah. I know you mentioned it. So sometimes I talk and I'm like, do you remember what the three strategies work? Because I'm like, ah. but I can hold up. This, right.
0: No, this is great because this is exactly the point that we're talking about here is you don't need to be perfect with every single piece of content. It's quantity over, right? Just get the content out there as much as possible. And I do it as well. Like there's a piece of content I created the other day around around Bing ads. And it's, I can't even remember the context of it because I've done about 12 pieces of content since that piece of content. But that's the thing is, it's almost like it's effortless now. It's just like picking up the phone, creating the content, putting on the camera, creating the content, sitting here on the podcast, creating more content. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I
1: love that by the way, there's things, the things, the world's changing every day. You said you're capitalizing on news content. That's awesome. But you're not going to remember what you posted. Like sometimes people say they're like, Oh, I love that post. And in fact, the one you mentioned, I've heard that from multiple people. I think it was, I think it was value heavy. That's why I've heard it from a few people. But if I were to say here's like the three steps to make millions, like one, like I'll just explain how I did it. I, my first 3000 customers, I didn't spend a dollar in ads. Mm -hmm. I went out and found people that had a network of potential customers and I over, and I gave them a hundred million dollar offer. I gave them the insane no brainer thing, which is, Hey, I'm going to give all your customers a, a free product of mine. I'm going to go ahead and pay you $10 for every person that signs up. And I'm going to go ahead and give you 15% on the back end of anything that person buys from me in the future. And the thought on that is what, if I were to go buy leads from Facebook, I'm going to pay $10, $15 lead anyways. And then I'm going to have to filter through them and find out people who are interested in this case, these people are already interested in the product I have. And instead of me paying Facebook, I'm paying one of my friends. It's a cool, no brainer deal. And then from that, I take those people, I put them into my ecosystem. i continue to build trust over time by giving more value than I'm ever trying to take. And at the end of the day, the third step is if, you know, they want to buy something from me, I just present them the opportunity to work with me and it's up to them. It's their choice. And so that's probably not what the video said, but if I were to no, like,
0: that's better. I think. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> no, because it's so true. Network is your net worth. Is that the cliche? And it's a <laughs> network that you cliche, have. Right? Yeah. So you leverage the network that you have. And like you said, doing the first, Step was not even focused or fixated on paid ad and running or trying to drive a following, right? It's using the people within your network to start that business and to grow it. Dylan, we can talk here, I'm sure for forever, but I do want to obviously be cognizant of your time, but maybe you can let our audience know what's the best way for them to get in touch with you if they have any questions. Yeah, honestly, Instagram's the best. Everything pretty much gets filtered to me now before it hits
1: me, but Instagram, I read pretty much all the messages that come through. Dylan Vaness, D-Y-L-A-N. V A N A S for those listening, and that's on Instagram. So we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, catch that link in the show notes as well. And Dylan, we end every episode with the same question. That question is this: If you can choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brands, who would it be, and why? First thought that came to mind was
1: Steve Jobs, but then I went in because I'm like, that's part. Of, that's like the thing that a lot of people's first thought is because of how amazing marketing marketer he is. And then it went into into Napoleon Hill napoleon hill was the first person thinking grow rich was the first personal development book i ever read and the way that he looked he thought of things in the 1930s is even ahead of a lot of the way people think today i read think grow rich and then the most underrated book is outwitting the devil and it really is two amazing books and so it'd be cool to have someone like old school like i have on my i have on my audible account like a 35 hour just collection of his talks and it's just like what you say today is, is everything tomorrow. And so I'm like, I wish I could have someone talk like that to me, my employees, and my company
0: every day. So. Hey, I bet you AI can do that for you. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, go on that. That's, That's good. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Great one. I love Napoleon Hill. Great book, Think and Grow Rich. Awesome answers. Thanks a lot, Dylan. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Real quick, guys. If you are active on Instagram or TikTok, I encourage you to go on over and give my personal profile a follow. At J Hunt Official, J A Y H U N T O F F I C I A L. Over there on Instagram and TikTok, I'm posting my favorite highlights from the Merged Marketing Podcast, along with some of the highlights from my speaking engagements uh, overseas as well as locally. Ton of value. going over and check it out at J Hunt Official. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. And I invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Merged Marketing Podcast. One of the best ways to do that is to add us to your Instagram at Merged Media, M-E-R-G-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. M-E-R-G-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. Go on over there, give Merged Media a follow and subscribe and never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.